0: What is up everybody welcome back what a fun episode what an informative episode that was with nick sapiro on sports cards live so thanks everybody for joining the chat for throwing us your comments and questions i learned a lot covered some interesting topics for sure was glad to have nick on and uh from just from the the reaction you all had in the chat uh, i know that that was that was something that you all really enjoyed so glad that we could bring nick to you and uh Be sure to check out his Hobby Quick Hitters project and watch him on the panel on the Collectible TV YouTube channel as well. That's also where you can find Collectible Live, which I do every Sunday, but not this Sunday, not tomorrow, because I am going to be watching the Super Bowl tomorrow. Looking forward to it. All right, so this episode of After Hours we are going to do something different as you know if you read the, sh- the uh, episode description but I do have several comments. Now these are not comments from the live chat. Albert Jones if you're watching, anything in the anything from the live chat is not where what I'm talking about. These are comments that were left on the videos afterwards by people who watched them what I like to call in syndication after the live was done. So, so Albert Jones uh you might not need to watch because I didn't get any of your any of your comments here, but I got some other ones. Before uh before we start off that, there's some other things we're going to do. As um, here one second, I'm just gonna do that quickly. As Troy asks, any recent pickups to show us people? Well, yeah, we're let's we'll start off with that. I did I do have some pickups because I went to the local monthly card show this morning for about an hour. And uh, I bought some cards, I I did two deals. One was a one card deal. And the other one was a lot I bought 1234567 cards I bought. Now, one of the things that I that I wanted to do was I wanted to because and I didn't know I wanted to do this until I was at the show this morning. But I wanted to pick up rookie cards of the two quarterbacks from tomorrow's game I didn't know that until I got there this morning and I got there this morning and one of the first cards I saw well what I not one of the first ones I saw but I saw this Joe Burrow Donruss optic prism pink something or other pink prism something like that actually I can tell you what it's called because I broke it out of the grade the the slab it was in so this is the 2020 Panini Donruss Optic Pink Prism rated rookie number 151 and this was graded by it, this was the uh, the label in the grading slab that I broke out today. So this is you can't really see the name of the company there but it's called uh HOFG.ca grading I believe. I think it's a Canadian company because it's a .ca. Yeah, Hall of Fame Hall of Fame grading. So I don't know anything about these guys at all. I did scanned the QR code and went to their website, but didn't have a lot of time to check it out. In any event, I broke it out because I wanted to be able to put it beside the other cards. So once I saw this at the card show today, I was then dealing with the guy I often buy cards from at the show. So this card came from a gentleman by the name of Mark. So thank you, Mark. But I found my Matt Stafford rookie, which is a beautiful card. This is the refractor at of 199 from top's finest. It's a just a beautiful piece of cardboard. Once I saw that Jim had this and I remembered Mark had the burrow, I thought, okay, I'm gonna try and get them both. So I picked this up in a lot from Jim, who I often buy cards from. So the first, so that's the first two. Tomorrow's two starting quarterbacks. Pretty like lowish end rookie cards. And uh, but I'm gonna have these out with me tomorrow. And I'm gonna go over why I bought these a little bit later. Okay. Next up, along with the Stafford, I bought these cards. So Let's just go in whatever order they're in my hands. The first one is a 2009 10 SP Game Used by the letter Martin Brodeur. So, this is an actual, this is the R from Brodeur off a of Game War, game War in Jersey by the letter. Pretty old as far as these letter cards go from 2009. So, I thought that's a pretty cool card, and I'll be able to find the right Brodeur collector who would like to have this. So, I did not buy this for myself. This was bought for my trader box, for my show, my card show showcases that kind of thing by the letter martin brodeur number two of seven pretty cool card the next card i bought also from jim is a 2015-16 upper deck premier mega patch chest logos of yaromir yager a very popular player one of the best of all time and this is numbered out of 22 it looks like an all-star jersey Uh, You can even tell he's pictured in his all-star jersey in the top of the card. So that's a pretty cool card that Jim had in his uh, his showcase. And I decided to take a stab at it. And that stab was successful. So we now have this, again, a card not for my personal collection. But I know that there's lots of Jagger collectors out there. And this will come in handy at an upcoming card show. Next up is this card here. This is from 2017-18 SP Game Used. This is an Owen Tippett rookie sweaters. This is a, it's like an RPA. It's a sticker auto, but the patch, if you can tell, that's the, that's the Panther's head at the bottom. That's the Panther's eyeball. And I thought that's a pretty, pretty cool patch. Owen Tippett is not a, he's not a top liner, but he's got potential. He's got 15 points or so this season, eight goals, and he could have some success down the road. So for the price I got it for, I thought, you know what? I'll take it. That patch is pretty cool. It's numbered out of 49. Next up, three more to go. Also from Jim, this is a 2011-12 SP authentic limited auto patch of Patrick Kane and it is a short print out of 25. These are usually and most often out of 100, but the Kane this year is out of 25. Really be a beautiful, like just a the perfect blue bold autograph, decent two-color patch of a player who may be the the best American-born hockey player of all time. Next up, another Patrick Kane card. This this card, as well as the Owen Tippett, were kind of like the final two cards to get the deal done. It's like, okay, I'll top up my cash offer by this amount if you include these two cards. So one was the Owen Tippett, and the other one was this. This is also a an SP game used. This is a number marks. This is from 2005. Eight, 2008 9, also a Patrick Kane. So it's an autographed manufactured patch numbered out of 25. And then finally, this card is a 2000, it's so hard to see. It's so small. 2000, I think it's, I can't even tell. 910 thousand nine ten 10 from Upper Deck Ice Signature Swatches. Sydney Crosby with a beautiful autograph that's put up that's up against a white jersey. So it's as it's it's an acetate uh top layer where the autograph is with a piece of white jersey in there, as you can see, as some people we call those napkins in some circles. But what I really like about the card is if you turn it over, you can see the jersey on the back too. The uh the acetate, uh the the window is cut out on both sides. So pretty cool. And just a beautiful Crosby autograph. I mean, look at that thing. So those were the cards that I picked up at the card show. And then one more card I'll show you guys. There's a card that I actually kind of moved. I bought a collection back in August, a pretty big collection. And, uh, I realized only a few days ago, uh, in talking to my buddy Sam who was inquiring about this card, I realized that I collect this set and I didn't have this card yet. Uh, this player has two cards in the set, and I didn't realize that I, I had the other. I had his his card from another team. Anyway, this is from 2011-12 Upper Deck Ultimate Collection Premium Swatches. This is Yarramur Yager. Again, this is for my personal collection. These are out of 25. I do all. This is like a 50 or so card set. I've got 30-something of them now. And uh, the other Yager is, uh, pictures him in Washington. So that's why I was confused, but uh, added this to my personal collection from my inventory or my trader box, if you will. So that was pretty cool. And those are my recent pickups. So keep on going. Tony Sin, any Fedorov PSA 10 inserts? I don't think so, Tony. I don't think so. But I I was watching an old an old game from the 90s yeah, last yesterday. Had it on the TV. And it was a playoff game between St. Louis, Detroit. And Detroit won that game. It was being played on like TSN up here, a retro game, and uh, Fedorov was, was awesome in that game. Baseball card curmudgeon, welcome to the show. Jeremy Stein, good to see you. Thank you for joining. Albert Jones, glad you enjoyed the show before. Buzzy, yeah, that was a great show. I, I thought it was great too. <laughs> Nick has no problem telling it like it is. Yeah, he he was great. He was legit for sure. Hear that, fellas. Jeremy doesn't like us. When did I say that, it? When did I say that, Julian? I don't remember saying that or alluding to it. Jake's Toe says, yeah, check it out later. Check it out later for sure. Oh, my God, grading. Yeah, so I did break that uh, that that Joe Burrow card out of the slab, and <clears throat> this is what the slab looks like. I basically took a took a flat-edge screwdriver to the top and a hammer, and I just hammered it until I could get the screwdriver in the flat edge and then kind of open it up along the borders and i have no problem doing that no damage whatsoever to the card at all yes troy one of those guys is going to win his first super bowl that's called hedging your bets right hedging your bets collection msml burrow all the way peeps what is going on good to have you back steve sir welcome to the show hockey guy does it say what year the All-Star Game jersey is on the Jagger card? Does it say? I don't see it on there. I don't see that it says. Oh, it does actually. Yes, it does. It does because of that little logo right there. I can't read it. It's too small. But I do believe that would uh, be very indicative of what year it was. Thank you, peeps. Appreciate that. Thank you, Troy. Richie Barone, the mayor of Canada, is in the house from Long Island, New York. What is going on, my brother? Good to see you. Good to see you. Peeps wants to know, is Patrick Kane going down as the best U.S.-born player? I don't know. I mean, you got Mike Medano. He's definitely up there. You've got Brett Hall may not be U.S.-born, but he's definitely a U.S. citizen. Um, Brian Leach, you've got got a handful. I think Patrick Kane might be the highest scoring U.S.-born player of all time by the time he's done. Highlanders, any reason why Patrick Watt doesn't get more hobby love, he gets hobby love. That's the thing. He does get hobby love, and the the Montreal fans are are rabid for his stuff. So um, I think he does get the love, actually. Now, maybe not as much as a Mario Lemieux or Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr, but he gets his fair share as far as what I've seen over the years, uh, Highlanders. Thank you, Brendan Ryan. Thank you, Troy's Collectibles. Oh, here we go. Hockey guy says he gets the love and his Montreal stuff, stuff does better. I have some Islanders in my collection, Richie. You know I do. You know what I do. Hockey guy says Patrick is a love-hate type player too for the general hobby populace. Chad Shipper, what is going on? Merry Super Bowl to you as well. Definitely. Thank you, Ian Undercover. Appreciate that. Troy says, did you need to watch Flipping Steve's video on how to break open the stuff? I don't need to watch anybody's video on how to break open a, a slab. I've uh, broken I've broken open all the company's slabs and um, can do it with relative ease. Matthews could end up being better than Kane. Yes, agree. He definitely could. Chris Chelios. Yeah, he's a, he's definitely up there, but I wouldn't put him ahead of Patrick Kane uh, at this point in time. Darren says, think T. Higgins gets put on the map tomorrow, feeling a breaking out. Could be. Lee Haskins. Great to have you back, Lee. One of your comments is the sub is in the subject of tonight's uh episode. And Ian Undercover says, I PC Patrick Waugh and I'm in Boston. Oh my God. Don't let Eric uh, don't let Eric Sanderson to or hear that. He will not appreciate it. But Ian, great to have you. And good for you for PCing Patrick Waugh. He has some beautiful cards. That red, white, and blue logo on a patch can be just stunning. Guys, tomorrow night after the Super Bowl, if you weren't on the Previous show. I'll bring it up again. Roland with FD. That's the name of this gentleman's YouTube channel. Again, Roland with FD. Let me throw it up onto the ticker right now. There you go. So he is hosting a Super Bowl after party tomorrow night with several uh content creators, as you can see on the screen right now. He's doing it in two tranches, and I will be on with him for about half an hour starting at I think it's 9.30 p.m. Eastern. I have to sneeze. Hold on. Hold on. Mute. There we go again. I I hit the button, but it didn't unmute. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I don't know. He did it. Okay, back to the comment. I'm going to start over again. FD is a good dude. Yes, he is. Uh, Albert said that Carlos guy is going to be there. Yes, he is. He's right here. And um, there's many people on. There's two tron. I do believe Carlos is on the second tranche. I'm on the first one. And uh, several people will be on there. So should be a good time. Uh, FD, a good dude, yes I don't know much about FD, I've only seen a little bit of his content, but um, I'm looking forward to going on and and, and learning more about him I didn't unmute, mute still muted, unmute, still muted Mike, mute, you guys are very helpful, oh no, he did it again LOL, mute, who remembers the last time, you're muted mute, Uh, Mike check LOL, two mute issues within the hour, rookie move, that was that is a rookie move LOL, LOL, live stream bloopers, mute, live stream bloopers, mute, okay, wow, you guys had fun with that, I'm glad you did, I'm glad you did, all right, sorry about that, I thought I was going to sneeze, I hit the button again, like, like there's the button, there's the mute button right there, sometimes you hit it and it works, sometimes you hit it and you got to make sure that it stops blinking, so my bad, maybe I need a new mic, who knows, all right, let me see what else I had. On the agenda for this episode. So, first thing I'm going to do, and this is uh, this isn't related to the comments that we're going to get to, but I'm going to uh, show. I'm going to talk about those two quarterback rookies that I bought today at the card show, and I'm going to bring up a post that I actually made on Instagram today, talking about it because I think it's I think it's interesting. I, I I had fun writing this post. And I wanted to explain kind of why I bought these cards, because I did something which is really uh, contrary to advice I've, I don't want to say advice I've given, but to um, how I approach the hobby and something that I don't usually do, which is buy cards the day before the biggest game that these players have ever played in, such that there's hype built in and the prices are higher than probably ever before. So Now, I don't follow the market on these players, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy these cards today, despite the fact that they're probably more expensive today than they've ever been, which is, again, something that I say, you know, the worst time to buy a card is like right before the the season starts, right before the playoffs. Those are times to sell. That's when values are at their highest. Everyone has high expectations for their teams and their favorite players right before the season, right before the playoffs, right before the Super Bowl. So. I bought these two cards I showed earlier, a Matt Stafford rookie and a Joe Burrow rookie. And I think they look beautiful together. They're both very shiny. My eyes were caught by both of them. But again, it's not something that I usually do. So I want to explain why I did it. But first, Mark says, how was the card show? I was there for an hour. It was okay. It's a small local. It's the same vendors pretty much every time. Darren says, what crazy revelation are we going to be treated to tonight? yeah, you had the hair pick last week. tonight, you just, you get just you get the no hair jar. no hair jar tonight. jar with hair last week. Albert Jones, well, if you got money to burn, I got some Crosbys, and Jake says after tomorrow, one of them will be the highest price they've ever been. So interesting. So here we go. Here's the post that I put up onto YouTube, or sorry, I put up onto Instagram earlier today. Pickups from the monthly local this morning. I went against my own advice and bought cards of players at the height of their hype the day before they go head-to-head in the biggest game of their lives. So why would I do that? Why would I buy cards at their peak? So here's the reasons why I did this. Here's the reasons why I went sort of against my own advice. First of all, having them in hand during the game tomorrow will enhance my experience of watching the game. I truly believe that. I think tomorrow, I'm going to take it off so you guys don't read ahead. I think tomorrow, I'm going to have these cards. We're having, my wife and I are having a couple over We're going to order in some food. We're going to watch the game together. And I'm going to take these two cards. I'm going to put them onto these little stands. I'm going to put them underneath the TV so that I'm watching the game and I see the cards. I'm going to get a kick out of that. I'll probably take a picture of it and share it on Instagram or something too. So I think that that'll be fun. I'm going to show these cards to, to the gentleman who's coming over tomorrow. And it's going to be fun teaching him a little bit about the hobby because he's not a hobbyist at all. Doesn't know much about it, I'm I'm assuming. So that'll be fun. So that was reason number one. I feel like owning these cards for one day tomorrow is gonna enhance my experience tomorrow during the Super Bowl. All right, reason number two. I spent money with two vendors at the show today, supporting the hobby, putting some money in, spreading some money around. So that one's pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, listen, every time I go into an LCS, You know, you're kind of, you kind of feel like you need to spend money because you you went into the show, you went into the shop. The owner may kind of expect you to spend something, may not appreciate it if you don't. I mean, I've seen it all sorts of ways. Mike from Eastridge, who's in the chat. I mean, I go by a shop all the time. It's right near me. And once in a while, I spend money. Once in a while, I don't. He's not the guy that puts pressure on you to do that. Some owners do. Some LCS owners likely do that. But I, you know, I went to the show today and You know, it's just, it's nice to spread some money around if you have the money available to do that. And if you're buying cards, you want, I wanted the cards and it was just, you know, a nice sort of consequence was, was supporting a couple of uh, of vendors at the show today. So that was reason number two, before I get on to reason number, no, let's keep going. We'll come to the comments after reason number three, I hedged my bets. One of these guys will win the Super Bowl tomorrow. The other is just starting what is shaping up to be an illustrious career. So I'm kind of making a joke there that, that uh, Stafford's going to win. Of course, I don't know. That's what I'm hearing, but time will tell. But in any event, I bought both sides. I bought both sides of the bet, right? I bought the, I bought the borough. And I bought the Stafford. One of these guys is going to win the Super Bowl tomorrow. Pretty good hedge, right? Pretty good hedge. So that was reason number three. Reason number four. Reason number four. Here it comes in the name of content i get to make this post on instagram i will talk about it tonight on after hours as we're doing right now i will have them in my hand tomorrow night during rolling with fd's post super bowl party so again as i was making these decisions today at the card show i'm thinking to myself this is fun i'm going to do an i'm going to do an instagram post i'm going to talk about why i'm buying these cards and i'm going to talk about them on sports cards live and after hours and rolling with fd which was just an added bonus. So that was reason number four and reason number five. I absolutely love the looks of both of these cards. I do the Stafford, especially the refractor effect is mesmerizing. I don't take that word lightly and I'll show you, I'll show you it again. It's at a one ninety nine. While the burrow is the pink prism version and is aesthetically beautiful to my eyes as well. So that was reason number five. I just like the cards. If I like a card and I, and I can afford to buy it and I want to buy it, I'm going to buy it. So that's what happened today. So overall This is a fun opportunity to break one of my hobby rules. And that is the one thing that is one of the things about the hobby that is fun. We have the right to collect what we want when we want. Setting rules or criteria for what we add to our collections is good and helps us focus in, in a hobby with tons of options and shiny pennies everywhere. But these rules can be bent as we choose to allow. It is our own prerogative, each of us to break our own rules and shift away from our focus once in a while, and I did it guilt-free today, and I encourage other people to do the same. Collect with focus, but allow yourself to be nimble and to stray every so often. It is okay, have fun, keep calm, and hobby on. That was my post, and I had fun making that post, and I've had fun interacting with the comments on that post, so I wanted to share that. I thought that was, um, I thought it was, (laughs) hey, I thought my own post was interesting. What can I say? What can I say? Albert says, having wings and nachos will enhance his experience watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, mine too. We're going to be having some nachos as well. Darren's going to get himself a Cooper Cup rookie. Very good. Jordan Hagedorn joins us. Yes, long time no see, pal. Jordan just opened a a card shop called About the Hobby in Wisconsin. Jordan, hope it's going well. I think it is. I'm seeing your content. Way to go. And thank you for popping in. Troy says I display my Super Bowl quarterbacks by the TV also while watching. Thought I was the only one. There you go. Buzzy, you got me with reason number two. Always justification. Spreading the money around. That was that. That was reason number two. Hockey Guy hopes Stafford wins. Justin Vick, great reasons. I've been resisting the urge of buying Burrow. Why am I torturing myself? Well, so I I hedged. I bought a Burrow and a Stafford. And these weren't expensive. they weren't expensive cards. They didn't break the bank, so I thought it was all right. Purple Hay says rules are made to be broken. Exactly. For for the hobby, baby. Yes. For did I say about the hobby? I meant for the hobby. Thank you, Jordan. I'm glad you're still here. Julian says, Jeremy, you got to pick up some Aaron Donald now. I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks with tomorrow's quarter, with tomorrow's Super Bowl, uh, but we'll see what happens next year, Julian. For sure. For sure. All right. Next up. Next up on the agenda for After Hours tonight is some viewer comments. So actually, no, not yet. First, we're going to quickly talk about this thing that happened in the hobby yesterday. Right here, Nat Turner. We all probably, if not, we should know who Nat Turner is. Nat Turner uh, is the managing owner of Collectors, I believe. Collectors uh, Universe, now Collectors, the owner of PSA. And if you saw Nat Nat had a misjudgment the other day, leaving over a million dollars worth of cards in his rental car in a locked garage, mind you, but overnight. Went in the morning, car was broken into, backpack was gone, containing again a ton of a big stack of cards worth over a million bucks, and his like iPad. And you know, it doesn't now Nat is known for being a wealthy person in our hobby. But it doesn't matter how wealthy you are, when you lose cards that you really, really, really want. And you finally have, they're like priceless, you can't really if you know, some of them are so rare that he lost, it doesn't matter what the value was, it's, it's, you're more upset about losing the cards than the money, especially if you're, you know, in his sort of financial um, arena. So I wasn't feeling bad for Nat that he lost a million dollars worth of cards. I was feeling bad for Nat that he lost these cards that he had been hunting for so long and really wanted. He had them. He had them graded. He got them back. He made the mistake of leaving them in this car. They got stolen, but they were able to track them down by the GPS in the iPad and the, the Irvine police, which is now a picture of him here with the police force, basically celebrating the recovery of over a million dollars worth of cards. So, I mean, listen, on the one hand, you're like, wow, Nat, holy crap, what a stressful day that must have been, but congratulations, you found these cards which are like your babies. You got them back all of them and I'm sure he was I mean, you got to think he bought the Irvine police lunch or something, right? Uh, Cuz what a what a um what a relief. What a relief for him, no doubt. So, congrats to Nat for getting these cards back, and uh, and you know for the Irvine police for working with him to find them. And I, I'm looking forward to maybe finding out what happens to the to the criminal or criminals who uh, who actually stole these cards from him and how that was really done. Because it seems kind of strange that they break into a, a locked garage uh, randomly and stealing a car a, a backpack out of Nat Turner's car. So, in any event, I wanted to share that. I thought that was definitely something. Um, that is just interesting and very timely. This happened like two days ago. But again, congrats to him for getting them back. Let's go to the comments based on this. And then we're going to go to the viewer comments uh, part of this episode. So Justin Vick says, the lengths not will go for good content. Yeah, I doubt it. But uh, I'm sure other people have made comments like that as well. Purple Hay says, the only way I'd leave those cards in my car is if my ride was a prince truck. Fair, same here. Birds on the bat says, well said. If Nat loses that Kevin Garnett, PMG Green, he very possibly never finds another. And he's been working on that set for a decade. And that is one of seven he was missing. Yeah, the money isn't even the issue for him. It's the cards. And I get that. Yes, would have just been plainly devastating, right? You're thinking, I put myself in his shoes before I knew he was going to get them back or he got them back and... You can feel the devastation for your fellow collector, your fellow hobbyist. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you are. You have. I felt for the guy. He lost. I mean, it was, I, you, you feel it. You can feel it. And uh, you're just glad that, that the collector gets them back for sure. For sure. Darren says, take my eyes, but not the shirt. Take the iPad, but not the slabs. No doubt. Thank you, Troy. My flames are four to two. Great to hear. Purple Hay says, Nat might owe Tim Cook some free grading for that GPS. Jordan Hagenor says, crazy that Rob from Burbank would want Nat's cards that bad. Good joke, Jordan. Good joke. And Lee Haskins says, just goes to show people with big cards are just like regular collectors keeping some cards in their car. Yeah, fair comment there too. Very fair. Okay. That covers off what I was calling in my notes, Nat's near catastrophic loss catastrophic to the collection and to the journey of putting together the sets that he puts together. So, all right, let's now move on to some viewer comments, which I have to find again, because I must have closed that window earlier on. So I am going to get to those right now and bring up the comments and the first comment. Now I have, I will admit, I've taken a page out of Chris Sewell's book, Baseball Card Collester, Collector, Investor, Dealer. I've seen him do this on some of his episodes before. And, uh, and the reason why I say he took a page out of his book, I didn't realize I was taking a page out of his book until I figured out how to put a box around the comment that I wanted to highlight. And I, I thought to myself, oh, that looks a lot like how Chris Sewell uh, adds slabs into his video. So we'll bring up the first one. In just a moment, Joe Perot says, brings to the forefront the importance of tracking devices. Huge that it was in play. Definitely, definitely. Jordan, thank you. See you soon. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. All right. (laughs) Next PSA innovation, GPS tracking. Right, I was thinking about that. Adding GPS tracking to the slab itself somehow. That would be pretty cool. That'd be a nice security feature. Definitely. Okay, so the first topic, the first Comment that we're going to talk about this going to lead to a topic came from a viewer by the name of Justin Vick. And this was left on the episode last week with Tim Getch, where we were Tim Getch, the CEO of Com C. But the topic or the comment is a little bit different. So here we go. I'm going to add it up. And it's down here in the red box. I realize it's a little bit small. I might not have cut these out properly. So I will try and improve that next time. But he writes Believe it or not, NFTs provided the bridge for me to Com C. I stopped buying cards and started buying sports NFTs after the post office lost eBay packages. But after learning about the storage options at ComC on YouTube, I gave them a try. Great user experience and fun way to explore cards you didn't know existed. I don't care as much about having the cards in hand as I used to. I've since ditched NFTs and just collect on ComC right now. So the reason, oh, Justin, there you are. This is your comment. This is your comment, Justin. You made it on the after show. You did. And you did because I liked this comment. And here's why I, not that I liked it, but I found it interesting. It was a perspective I'd never considered. The perspective being that you are someone who who got, who came into sports cards from NFTs. I haven't heard of that before. I've heard of people going from sports cards to NFTs, but I hadn't heard of people coming the other way. And that's why I want to shine a light on the comment because I found it really interesting that you went away from sports cards because lost packages on eBay. That'll leave a bitter taste in your mouth. You went then went to a did to digital collecting, and you found you you found well you sorry, it's not that you weren't in sports cards before. You went cards to NFTs back to cards because you realized you could collect on ComC. C. So a great plug for Com C right there. And you also don't care so much about having the cards in hand as you used to. So I just thought there's two sort of two sort of themes there. Again, one is, again, you're coming from NFT to cards and you care less about having your cards in hand, whereas a lot of collectors are the opposite. They want to have the cards in hand, myself included, but you know, I'm willing to be a bit of a hybrid in there as well. So all that said, I thought it was an interesting comment, Justin, again, some, some perspectives that I hadn't considered or thought about before. And I, I throw the, I throw this comment up for any discussion that might come from the crowd, from the chat, based on this particular comment, have any of you guys sort of switched over to a Com C, uh, or giving everything to the PWCC vault because, you are, eight, you are willing to not have your ha- your cards in hand anymore like Justin Vick has done. So with that, thanks for leaving. And thank you, Justin Vick, for dropping the comment on the video. I appreciate that. And let's see what, uh, we have a couple comments yourself. You say, Comsi's concept wasn't appealing to you before, but the NFTs warmed you up to the remote vault. Really interesting right there. Like I, I and I just, again, I share this, I share the comment, we we share your comment, your post here tonight, Justin, with everybody, just to share the perspective that just because we as individual collectors might have our position as to, you know, like, I don't want, I don't want any NFTs, I don't want any my cards in any vault, I don't want fractional because I want my cards in hand, it's a fair position. I'm not gonna judge anybody for it, but to say that the any other way is wrong, I just think is kind of closed-minded, unfair and just you know it it kind of throws other people's approaches to to their hobby um kind of throw kind of insults it to a degree and i just i'm not a fan of that so i'm a fan of everybody having their own approach and their own opinion uh, and believing in what they do but i'm not a fan of saying that other people's approaches are are lesser or not as valid or anything like that and that's kind of why i want to share this one so thank you for the comment justin Jessman says, ComC seems to be only getting better. I really dig the service they offer and use them often. Very cool. Mark says, Mark Santucci says, I like cards in my hand, just like I like CDs, not music in my phone. Fair. You're, we are all entitled. Albert Jones, what happened to Karn and his endeavor? I, his, uh, I believe his endeavor was called Liquid Marketplace, and I believe it is still happening. Skeppy says, you would have privacy policy issues by adding a tracking device into a consumer product. Plus, you would not want people knowing where certain cars are located. Good comment. There we go. That's why we got to talk these things out for sure. For sure. Lee Haskins, I personally have to own the card in my hand. I know others do not, and that's fine. And it's the it's those last three words that I respect the comment, Lee, and that's fine. We are all entitled to our own opinions, our own positions, our own approaches. But let's try not to slam others just because we don't understand it or, or it's not our chosen path. Latrell Sprewell says, what do you make of the robbery of Nat Turner's cards and the whole story? Do we know more? Here's what I make of it. I know what I know from what I've seen. And when more information goes public, we will have more to dissect and and analyze if we learn more. The fact that we have a picture of Nat with the whole police service makes me think that there's uh, nothing weird going on there. Purple Hay says, I need my cards in hand so I can enjoy them in person. I'm mainly a collector, so I'm sure that's part of it. Fair comment. Fair comment. Tony says, I live in Japan, so all my cards go to PWCC Vault. I listen at 300% over what I paid and sell some. Then eventually send to myself and I go back to Canada twice a year. And I think the reason why you're listening at 300% over what you paid is because you're like, okay, if someone wants to buy it, I'll buy it back for cheaper. But I also, it's it's my not-for-sale price. And I understand putting a not-for-sale price on some cards. Philly Joe, I keep my PC purchases on ComC for about one year before asking for a massive shipment. That's how I do it too, Philly Joe. I buy on there every so often and then I take a shipment about once a year as well. And Dallas Money says, the hobby only gets stronger with different collectors with different approaches. Guys, f- screenshot that comment. That is exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, to me, listen. My opinion is that comment is exactly right. I said Dallas Money, Dallas Mooney. Great, great comment. I completely agree. Darren says I was a relative. I was big into Com C. Did little flips. It slowed. Still shop around there, but having to buy store credit. M Perks says I just took everything I had on Star Stock down and shipped them home. I've tried it now, and I don't want need cards in other locations. Yeah, fair. Lee says, I'll say my best cards of value are in a bank safety deposit box. So I only visit them every now and then. So they're not always on hand. See, that's another thats another thing that, you know, if I was having this debate with somebody who says I want my cards physically, but then you put them in a, in a safety deposit box at the bank, well, you don't have them anymore. They're in the bank's possession now. So you do have a, you likely have a picture on your phone, which you look at, which is in, in effect, the same thing as looking at it on ComC or a PWCC vault or an NFT for that matter. But you do, I understand. You do have the ability to then go to the bank and see them whenever you want. It's kind of like going to visit a relative in prison. That's where your cards are. They're in bank bank uh, safety deposit box prison. The Highlander says the card needs to be in hand. And if it's signed, it must be hard signed, no stickers. Yeah, we are free to put whatever rules we want on our own collecting. definitely. Definitely. And M Perk says, anytime I get a little burnt out, I take a break and then it's going through everything I have on hand that gets me rolling again. I hear that. I hear that M Perk. I do the same thing. You know, a lot of my cards are in the two row boxes and I don't look at them every day or every month. I kind of force myself to wait. I want to savor it. I want to look at them, you know, maybe once every two months or once a quarter so that every time I look at them, I kind of forget some and I see them again for the first time. That's how I choose to hobby a lot of the time. All right. We will now move on to the next comment that we have uh that I've set aside. And this one <clears throat> right here, this is Lee Haskins' comment. This came from the episode again with Calm C that we did with Tim Getch. And this one I'm going to read it. So he says, "I work in AI and photography for a defense company and I can assure you that technology is there just not commercially available." So we're talking about AI grading com- computer grading by computer, taking the taking the the human subjectivity away from grading. So again, that's the context. He says, I work in AI and photography for a defense company, and I can assure you that technology is there. It's just not commercially available. Every aspect of a car defect can be detected. The problem will possibly be the grades will be lower than what the human would grade it because the detail will be multiples of what the human can see by eye under magnification. Borders, corners, centering, and surface will be supreme under AI. The eye appeal could be the only thing not perfect, which is what is mentioned in this video, which is the human aspect of seeing a card. So I share Lee's comment here because he works in AI and photography for a defense company. So he's bringing some knowledge to the hobby, to content, to, to sports cards live, that I can't, because I'm not an AI. I don't understand how AI works under the hood. I don't understand really photography under the hood. I'm sure I can point and shoot a camera, but that's about it. But the fact that Lee Haskins, who works in this industry, can tell us that I, he assures us the technology is there. It's just not commercially available. Well, that's great information. Makes you think that eventually we will have fully computerized or fully AI, full AI grading. And I think that's interesting. And it's something that I haven't really seen somebody say for sure is possible to do from the perspective of someone who knows who, who comes from that background. So I appreciated the comment, Lee, really informative. And with that, I'm going to go to some comments here that have been coming in and see if anyone's talking about it. Justin Vick says, I would think surface is the most vulnerable to AI catching microscopic gunk. I I hear you, Justin. That's, that's where my concern is too, is on the, you know, you have a shiny. You have any card, as long as the AI can can see the card from all the different angles, so that you can see any light scratches, any dimples, anything like that. But if Lee is assuring us that, that the that the the that the technology is there, then it it might be there for Surface too. What it might not be able to do, and I I it makes sense to me what Lee said is that whole that eye appeal. It's like taking everything into consideration with respect to how the card presents overall, all the aspects of it, and is it nicer than what the technical grade would provide? And if so, then any grading company that's going to be able to provide an AI grading service, I believe would need to address the eye appeal as well as maybe the technical grade. Purple Hay says, I have a feeling high AI grade will one day command more money than a human graded card. I could see that very, I could see that as well, Purple Haze. Definitely could see that as well. Skeppy says, yeah, but who programs the AI? Humans. Fair, but that that doesn't take away the, AI, the ability to do it. Pro- what, what I find to be more interesting about programming the AI is how they're going to weight the defects. There has to be a weighting system where, you know, how significant is the defect that is spotted and how do you how do you weigh it? How do you factor that into the algorithm that's going to spit out a final grade? And that's where I think you have something very interesting. Justin says, people want high grades, not accurate grades, right? Of course they do. However, I can see a way to, I, in my mind, can see a way to build in a hybrid to that where you get the technical grade, but then you get the eye appeal grade as a secondary number. I would personally value that. Albert says, I think it'd be great to use both AI and human. That's what I'm just, yeah, exactly, Albert. That's what I was just saying. I could see that happening. Hockey guy says, AI can be given things to learn how to grade from. Okay. And Philly Joe says, cards will have a feel that AI doesn't. Jake's toe says, gonna have to regrade all the slabs out there now. Well, that'll be great news for the company that, uh, that goes into this business one day, for sure. Any other comments on that? I mean, for me, it just... It just provides some hope whether it's Genement that was acquired kevin lenane is now the president of, of psa he had he he founded Genement and collectors or psa bought Genement and now and now made kevin the president of the company so if Genement, I'm i don't know i don't know exactly what Genement is but i know it's some it has fingerprinting technology but does it have ai grading technology i'm not sure Maybe that's the solution. Maybe PSA will, will, will roll that out. If not PSA, then maybe a disruptor will, will come around and uh, and do it themselves. Time will tell. Hockey guy says, just like AI, they've fed tons of stories to have it write a story. Lee says, here we go. The author of the, of the comment says, AI would need the right angles of the card. There will need to be many angles. Microscopic issues will be found, which couldn't make AI's which could make AI grades lower than human grades. So, I'm not sure I like AI grading. Again, I think it comes down to that hybrid. You need the AI grade and then you need the eye appeal grade. Cause at the end of the day, those that tells the story of the card to me. So, I, I would value it. Hi, Fades. Welcome to the show. Says AI might be able to do a quick review of the card. Then it can be passed along to a human who gives it its final grade, could knock down time. I could see merit to that as well. And Merck says, I like the idea of AI for authentication purposes, but I think a human grader plus two quality assurances is going to be more accurate for a long time to come. Maybe. But anytime you have humans, you're gonna have some in some level of inconsistency. I, I just don't know how I can get around that in my own head. So I see there, I could see there being a more consistent grading by AI if it if, as Lee says, is it is possible. And then again, a human grade to bring it all home, and even at a higher grade, because AI is often, you know, it's it's like it's like a PWCC with their eye appeal uh, designations. You know, it's all about I appeal, which is its own its own subgrade, if you will. All right. Well, thank you again to Lee for that comment on the video. Again, i I'm, I'm only bringing in comments that were not from the chats, the live chats. These are only from videos themselves. Purple Hay says, will AI solve the backlog issues? Great question. Great question. Darren says, you think that you think they dial that down a bit? I'd imagine people losing their minds when comparing an old 10 to a too scrutinous AI graded card. Yeah, it would be a disrupting. It would be a disruptor for sure. I believe. All right, cool. The next one. Now, this one has to do with supply chain issues in the hobby right now. And the fact that you know, I heard today that upper deck had to push back the release date of series one, which usually comes out in November is now pushed back from like the end of February to March of this year. And I saw people, I saw a comment somewhere today on social media saying, you know, upper deck uh, has to get its act together when really it's kind of beyond their control. I think, I think most people understand that now that, that the pandemic has had widespread impacts on supply chains and the sports card hobby, unfortunately, is not immune to that. We are right in there. And uh, and it's hurt a lot of companies in the, in the hobby, including the card companies who have to put out cards uh, as the supply of paper and the foils and other inputs, I'm sure, that they use to make cards are, you know, stuck on barges or what have you. So we had a comment that came in and I'm going to bring it up right now. <clears throat> you know, what? before I do, though. I'll just bring up a final comment. Albert says, anything judged is always questionable from cards to figure skating. Of course, of course. So let's bring on the next comment again, which has to do with supply chain. Here it is. I know it's hard to read, so I'll read it, but this is from Chris Olivo. He says, I work in the printing industry and right now nobody can get paper because of the supply chain issues. We have jobs on hold because we just can't get certain stocks clients are requesting. We talk to our suppliers and they don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for now. Every printer across the country is going through the same problem, so nobody is losing business to a competitor. The jobs are just being put on the shelf and are simply on hold until their stock comes in. I don't want to get political, but this is why the country needs to produce more of its own goods instead of outsourcing to cheaper or to foreign with cheaper labor. All of the shortages during the pandemic are the result are a result that it's that it's not made here in the US. That's why there are no new automobiles being sold because that chip is manufactured overseas. So again, thank you, Chris Olivo for the comment. And again, the reason why I bring up this comment is because Chris works in the printing industry. So he isn't just some armchair quarterback collector like myself sitting on the sidelines, throwing out criticisms to the companies, to to Upper Deck and Tops and Panini leaf or whomever saying get your act together he says everybody's going through this in the industry in 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 the in the economy right now not just card companies and i again i highlight it because i see comments i I see attacks on some companies that need paper to produce products for our hobby or other supplies other types of foils and that that are also part you know also victim to supply chain issues without realizing that there's nothing they can do. Do you think Do you think these card companies want to wait until they can sell, get the product out there? Is that what they want? No, of course it's not what they want to do. So again, just highlighting it from somebody who works in printing to give us uh, some good information from what I believe to be, unless Chris is lying and he doesn't work in it, but I'm going to trust him that he works in the printing industry and we are getting information from somebody who is in the know. Now, Let's go to the comments and see what you guys think about this one. Ink Paper Wax Collector says, hockey delayed again. Wow, just one series this year, it seems. Well, no, they're, they, they've already re- uh, announced the extended series. So there will be series one, two, and extended again. It's just going to be late. And we can complain about it. You know, if, if, you, if you're somebody who likes to complain, complain about it. You know, complaining seems to be rampant. Complain about it if you want. It's going to make you feel better complain if that's what you need to do but you can also just understand that these things take time we are in a unique situation still two years later into this pandemic and uh hopefully hopefully people who collect these series every year are gonna kind of just wait for them to come out and then put their sets together and if not fine you no one's forcing anybody to spend their money no one's gonna force you to open up your wallet that's a choice we all have i'm just saying it's it's I, I just don't think we really need to be blaming the card companies right now for delays in products being released. I might be wrong. And hey, if you want to, that's your prerogative. Go ahead and do it. But if I see it, I'll probably unfollow you because I just it's just not the way I choose to live. Hockey guy says papers, foils, ink, print facility, availability, etc. It's all exactly hockey guy. It's all part of the issue. It says bring back crappy OPG stock. Right, right, for sure. Because I think foil, the foil is a big part of it right now. Mark says, especially products like the One Touch. Yeah, top loaders. Top. You think Ultra Pro is withholding top loaders because they're trying to create this false demand or something? No, they want to put them out there. But even they were even they were challenged as well. Facebook user anonymous Facebook user says, as long as the Canadian truckers aren't causing the delays. Well, I mean, that's relatively new compared to the delays. So I don't think that's the issue, but it, it's not helping the issue. That's probably for sure. Goes on to say, it's crazy to see all the older NHL releases that are getting cleared off my shelves with nothing new to replace it. Even US shop owners are thirsty for previous NHL releases. Good point. If nothing else, it's helping shop owners clear out their backstock, dead sort, sort of dead inventory. Ben Mitchell says, how is Leaf getting their stuff out? That's a great question for Brian Gray. Ink paper wax collector says upper deck AEW is delayed four to five months. Hockey must be getting close to that by now. Lee Haskins says supply chain is real. I cracked a rim on my car to get a new one is like 90 days plus to order a new one. It's crazy. Definitely. Uh, Lucky says that leaf paid us paid a serious premium to get the stock they needed. There you go. There you go. They, they, they dug into their bottom line to get it out and probably, Anyway, I don't know what happened, but that's what we that's what we've heard. Hockey guy says most industries are facing issues like this, which is no secret. I think everybody knows that this is this is across the whole economy right now. Two family members work in manufacturing and they have all kinds of delays and setbacks. Yeah, no doubt. Darren says maybe the car companies want to buy back some of our junk wax and sell retro packs. <laughs> Repacks for sure. Collection SML says I understand the issue, but maybe Upper Deck needs a new approach. They need to stop giving precise date and come out with something vague. I agree with that comment. I said that today. Uh, I said that at the card show today. That really, upper deck, your best course of action is just not give a date. And and but the, you know, I'm sure there's a reason why they have to give a date. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure there's something that they kind of have to say. Maybe maybe I could be wrong. Maybe they don't. But that's kind of what I think because you would think that they wouldn't give a date because it's uncertain. But again, maybe they have to, and we can find out from them another time, perhaps. Marcus, what is going on? You love cards straight away. Good. There's, there, there's cards from 1888 to 2020 that 21, you can go buy straight away on many platforms and many outlets. Jake's Toast says, all collectors should recycle their junk wax to make new cards. Purple Hay says, I'd be willing to donate my junk wax if Aberdeck wants to recycle it. Mike at Eastridge says ultra pros manufacturer is busy trying to sell direct to stores at a much higher price. Wow. Interesting. Buzzy. If you don't understand delays in these times, you don't understand life itself. Well said. Buzzy crack card says the truckers are out to fix the delays, not cause them. There we go. And the Highlanders says they need to ditch the extended series lane. Well, again, they don't need to, they don't need to ditch it. Highlanders. I, I can fa- I can just fairly say you're wrong on that comment. Now it's an opinion, understandable, but I know it's been it was a good product for them last year, so they don't wa- they don't want to ditch it. You know it's not and it's not rookie driven; it's insert driven, which is another thing that I think a lot of hockey collectors don't necessarily have their head around. But again, I understand you'd like them to ditch it, and that's a fair opinion. But it's certainly not a fact that they need to. Ah, Mike Fruitman, what is going on? Great. Mike, you're a handsome dude without that beard. I got to tell you, says at least Upper Deck National Hockey Card Day is a go for February 26th. I see lots of extended walking out my door that day. I can't imagine what Canadian shop owners are going through. Yeah. Well said, Mike. Well said all all across the board there. Purple Hay says if recycled junk wax is used, does that give new meaning to vintage stock? Very good. Lee says I finally finished my spreadsheet of all my cards and the summary has 33% or hockey. Ah, that's a good chunk for sure, Lee. Marcus says, "Let's not talk about the distributing problems. This is obvious. There, there are good things going on." Okay. Well, again, thanks to Chris for the comment. It's just nice hearing. We can all speculate on things. We can say we've talked to distributors. This is what we've heard. We can say we've talked to Upper Deck or Leaf or Panini or Tops. This is what we've heard, right? All those things. But to hear from somebody who works in that specific industry, I find very useful. And worthy of discussion. So thanks again, Chris Olivo, for the comment. Troy 66 football for me. Oh, for Lee Haskins, I got it. We'll see what he says. All right, guys. The next the next one, the next comment that I had uh really identified as one that I wanted to bring on. <clears throat> this this was interesting. So this came from The episode we had on After Hours 59 with with Ryan Nolan and Carbon Chung was sitting in with us. And this was uh, from back in early January, episode number, again, 59 of After Hours. And this comment comes from Darren Wong. And it has to do with the hobby's position on preserving cards. Not altering, not trimming but preserving. Now I know that's a fine line and some people say, what's the difference? It's all the same thing. So I don't know, but let's look, let's read Darren's comment because I thought that he added some context and maybe some clarity to the whole card conservation thing. So here's the comment. I'll I'll zoom it as best I can. I'll read it out loud because I realize it's small. He says, Creases, folds, etc. can be fixed if you have the conservation skill and equipment. Think about how paper artifacts in museums are conserved. You don't introduce anything apart from water. Of course, the type of ink and paper, etc. plays a part in what, cannot, what can and cannot be done. If you have a super high-end card, it might be worthwhile to bring it to a specialist to have them evaluate the condition and advise what can be done without affecting the integrity of the card. Think of it as as conservation, improving its long-term stability and preservation. Example, removing stains on the card not visible to the eye that will show up in the future if left there. Not restoration. Restoration involves altering, adding things to the card to bring it back to its former condition. I'm not sure if the grading companies are operating at the same level and knowledge as museum specialists in assessing an object's condition. If you engage a museum specialist, they will provide you a detailed condition report where everything is explained. Okay. There's a lot there, a lot, a lot there to, to break down. But the part of this comment that I find to be really the most interesting is first of all, where he says you don't introduce anything apart from water. So that's what he's saying in, in terms of, Conserving a card. We're not, he's not saying to, you know, a lot of a lot of called card alterations have to do with recoloring or even building back up a rounded corner by adding stock back. I don't know how that's done. I can't even conceive it in my mind how that would be done. But it it's people do it. People add paper back to the card. People recolor the card. People trim the card. These are all what I would consider to be alterations which we as a hobby do not we do not welcome that we do not look favorably favorably upon it but restoration Darren Wong who obviously understands this is saying it's different than than preserving is different than restoring it's different from alteration because all you're bringing to the card is water okay fair enough you're only bringing water and then he goes on to say if you were to bring it to a specialist to evaluate what can and cannot be done without affecting the integrity of the card well there's an instagram account i forget what it's called like the card doctor or something like that where he often shows before and afters of how he removes wrinkles and creases from cards well he's somebody that you could send a card to and say hey what could you do to fix my card what what is the extent of how you could bring it back to its former form how do we like that as a hobby do we want cards that had creases and bends that have been removed without without compromising the integrity of the card. I don't know. We've talked about it before. I don't know. I think a lot of the hobby just very quickly says no, we don't want that. But I question why not? What's wrong with what's wrong with with bringing it back to the way it was when it came out of the pack? Because to, to the same extent, any card that is in a PSA slab that has a crease or a wrinkle is altered. That card was altered. Adding the crease, adding the wrinkle, rounding the corner scuffing the surface altered the card. So if you're going to remove those or, 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 you know, reverse that somehow without adding any element to the card, except water. Is that a bad thing? Is it bad to remove things or to remove a stain that like, like he said in the comment, it might not be visible now, but it's going to age. And with time, just like cards go green, you know, or autographs or autographs fade in time, that stain is going to become more visible. Is it okay then to remove it if you're not adding any, anything, any chemicals to the card except for H2O? I put it out for discussion. I thought it was a really interesting comment, and I wanted to bring it up and see what what the see what the uh, what the hobby thought. So, let's see. Lee says my cart, my football cards are 22 percent criminal mind. Criminal Mind says, starting to run out of paper because of overprinting, why not discontinue some lesser popular products? Well, they would if they weren't selling Criminal Mind, but you don't seem to really completely understand how the world works. So that's fair enough. All Valley says, they use saliva in conservation too. All right. Good to know. New information for me. Marcus, now we're getting somewhere. Criminal Mind, how long before we're in the hard toilet paper era again? Maybe we're already there. Could be, could be. Justin Vick says, I wouldn't mind if conservation became more commonplace with vintage, but I believe in transparency. It is the best interest to know what has been preserved. I completely agree with that. That's a great addition, additional comment, Justin. If a card you know, was preserved by removing a stain or by removing a crease that was put there by altering it in the first place by mistake or, or just by natural uh, aging of the card and use of the card... Sure, it would be nice to know that this card was preserved. A little, a little qualifier, even. Uh, you know, PSA does qualifiers. What's wrong with putting a PR for preserved next to it, and then collectors could decide if they'd like it or not. Ink Paper Wax says, soak and press those Gretzky RCs. I could never bring myself to put water on any card, so I don't understand that process, and I don't want, and I don't want to. Mark Santucci says creases are the sign of cards being damaged. Off center is better. What do you think? Yeah, to me, a crease is a sign of use and love and and age, right? The card has been used, so I mean, yeah, off-centering is. I agree, off-centering it came out of the pack that way, so there's no there's no preserving, conserving, alteration sort of issues. Criminal mind says Jeremy Lee is always on the fence, never tells it like it is. I think you're just missing a screw criminal mind. I think, I just think you're not all that smart sometimes, but keep on bringing the comments. It gets, it's kind of funny. All Valley. We allow pressing in comments. Just saying, (laughs) can you fix my half missing Wagner for sure? Ink paper says it's accepted in the comic book world. We, uh, yeah, that's well known, but it's just not in the sports card world. At least not yet. Lee says restoration of anything has been around forever but have mostly been known restored. So for cards, not sure, right? Even even books, right? First copies, you you look book experts. I mean, from what I've seen, which is mostly from Pawn Stars, they always, like that Rebecca is always talking about, like, well, you got to get it restored. You got to get it restored. So, you know, and that's, those are items that are very hundreds of years old at times, but collectors are okay having them restored. Marcus says, our hobby is so young and there's so much money in it. Could you imagine if we act right And do good by the hobby. I love this hobby and seeing, and it's seeing a truthful moment. Appreciate that, Marcus. I don't know that I completely understand the the context there. And do um, our hobby is so young and there's so much money in it. Could you imagine if we act right and do good by the hobby? I love this hobby. Yeah, I I agree with that. But I'd love a little bit more understanding where you're coming from, Marcus. Mac attacks us. I say fix them up, want the best cards in the best condition. I mean, Beckett will slab cards that have been cut from sheets after the company went, went out of business, you know, they, they were not packed, pulled. Are those trimmed? How do those, you know, are those accepted? I mean, I don't accept them personally, but I know some people do. Again, you know, to say, as Criminal Mind says, I never tell, it like it is. I'm just open to other people's approaches. Like it's that, that's, I'm an open minded person. And if, Anyway, Colin Murray says, water is used to get creases out and bleaching the card that gets by PSA or is allowed. It is a bad thing, Jeremy, because it is altered. Bleaching, I can definitely see uh, being a bad thing. You're adding something to the card that wasn't there when it came out of the pack. But I mean, even putting, even adding water to a card, right? I don't, that you're at, it wasn't there before. Is water allowed because it's water? I guess everybody, I guess some people will be different. I think right now the hobby just doesn't want anything being done to cards. Once it's creased, it's creased. Once it's bent, it's bent. Joe says, noted as altered is important. Not noted is a little suspect. I think it's all about transparency. Yeah, agree. Transparency, very important. Lee says, a slab, a slabbed vintage card becomes more valuable as they were not altered back then. I don't... that's Don't understand the question. If someone else does, please give a shot at answering it. Purple Hay says, I see nothing wrong with preservation. Isn't top loaders a form of preservation? I'd call top loaders a form of storage, but it does help preserve the condition. But I think when we're talking about preservation, we're talking about doing something to the card to change its condition, not protecting it. Protecting it is what a top loader does. I think that's a bit different than preservation. Philly Joe says, it's your card. Do whatever you want to do just need to put into place some kind of identifier as to what was done to the... Yeah, we are all agreeing that transparency is extremely important when it comes to anything that is being done to a card, if it's going to be resold and put onto the marketplace. Unfortunately, unscrupulous, fraudulent people who want to take advantage of our hot market or our market at any time, actually, will not want to be transparent. And that's where experts come into play. And and hopefully we have more and more of those coming along. And Perk says, if I look closely at the card and think it looks like a 10, I'm happy to own it. Once any amount of magnific- magnification is needed to find an issue, I consider that other people's problems. Uh, yeah, and I, I understand that comment completely because it's like grading is, it, its a, of course, it's foundational to our hobby now. But how important is a flaw on a card that you can't even see with the naked eye that could bring it down from a 10 to a 9? Or ten to a nine five or whatever, what? How important is it? How important is the technical grade? How important is the is eye appeal grade the most important thing to a card? I know when I'm shopping for a card, and I know my price point say puts me around that PSA three or four level. I don't really care about the three or four. I know I only care because that's that's forcing me into a certain group of of cards that are on the market, being those threes or fours, because it's all I can afford. And the hobby has has basically said it that way. Supply and demand in the hobby said it that way. But what I'm looking for now is I appeal. I will take a very strong, I will take a strong three over a week four all day long, and I'll pay more for it. I will pay more for a strong three than I will for a week four. Like, think about that. How many people are willing to say that and do that? I think some people are. Some people who are buying the card, not the slab, like myself. Okay. Troy says, note to self, place more comments after the live streams to try to get red box around my comment for more Jeremy Lee stickers, and Oreo cookie giveaways. There <laughs> you go, Troy. Note to self. Darren says, only specialists I want touching my cards is Ben Gates and Abigail Chase. You see how they handled the Declaration of Independence? That's a national treasure joke, but I assume this smart crowd knew. Makes sense to me. Jake's toe says creases, scuffs, and rounded corners are patina. I like the look of old vintage cards that look like they were used and traded. Same. Yeah. See, Jake, I agree with that totally because while I like a card that is in mint condition or, you know, sevens, eights, nines, and tens type of thing are usually pretty nice cards. I also don't mind my my older cards. To be round, to have rounded corners and dinged edges, I like. I don't mind that. Like you know, especially like pre-war. I don't need. I almost don't really want like near mint cards from pre from pre 1950 sort of thing. I want the card to look like it, like it traveled from kid to kid. That the card was loved. To me, that patina adds value. So I'm all over it. Bobby Burrell says CM has been altered. CM yeah <laughs> I, I get it now yeah probably born altered bobby ink paper says the mona lisa is restored enough said fair fair adam lin says jeremy taking the middle ground because he's a good guy it's a big reason why we're all here it's not cuz i'm a big i'm a i appreciate the comment adam and sure I, i'm a good guy fair enough but that's not why i take the middle ground i try to look at all possible aspects of the situation. I try to look at all the different perspectives and everybody's angle. I try to walk in other people's shoes and see how people, that's why when I'm set up at a card show, the first thing I ask you when you come to my booth is, how do you approach the hobby? What do you collect? I want to learn other ways of approaching. I want to learn other ways of thinking about things because I can't do it all in here. I'm only one set of experiences. I'm only one brain, one set of experiences, just like you all are. So the more that we can, the more that we can brainstorm, the more that we can learn other perspectives, the better we will be. Some people do it a lot. I try to do it a lot. I will be better for that. I will be, I will be prouder of myself for that. Other people like CM are just stuck in, in a way and um, and are not improving as people. Lee Haskins says, I kind of think the hobby is so old, which is why it will keep going. Sports are forever. Yeah, Lee. It's like I says, it's like I've said, As long as there are people, there will be sports. And as long as there are sports, there will be cards. And as long as there are cards and people, there will be collectors. So the hobby's not going anywhere. Justin Vick says, preserved cards would add another layer of value. Great looking cards would command a premium. So would non-altered. There you go, there you go. Bobby says, stand in the rain with your card. Water is natural. Okay, so the fact that water is natural. Maybe that makes it more uh, palatable for hobbyists to have it preserve a card. I hesitate to use the word altered, although I'm, I am on the fence there. Which one is it? Lee Haskins says I meant cards graded back in vintage times are more reliable as not altered because they did not alter cards back then. So Lee, I, I agree with that comment uh, you know, at, at the surface level, but did they not alter cards back then? I mean, we know they did. We know that kids would cut out the borders to make them look different, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about like deceitful altering. And I don't know when deceitful altering became a thing. Was that in the seventies or the eighties? I can't see it being much earlier than the seventies and much later than the eighties. Storage is correct on top loaders. All Valley says, I agree with the strong three argument. I'm too impatient when buying. Lee Haskins, I bought a strong front Hank Aaron rookie card, but the back had paper loss. I like buying cards with good fronts and bad backs. Yeah, you're going to get a lower so You're going to get it at a lower price, but the front of that card is going to look nice. I don't, you look at like the 51 Bowmans, the mantle rookie, the the maze rookie. um, Those cards often have staining on the back. A lot of those pre-war cards have staining on the back. I don't mind that either. If that's what's going to knock the card down from a seven to a three or a four, let's say, and knock off 80% of the price, sign me up. Sign me up all day long. All Valley says, vintage is an aesthetic. Yes, well, vintage, I just find it to be so, so beautiful, certain vintage cards. Oh, I just love them. Darren says, agree, vintage needs a little character to it. I'm with you. Purple Hay says, I care not about rounded corners on vintage. I care more about centering. See, and I care most about about, uh, registration and focus on vintage. Centering comes second to me behind the clarity of the image. Marcus says to keep it simple. The more people are good to each other, it will be good for our beloved, our beloved hobby and investments. Be genuine. Be genuine. Good, good comment. Buzzy says Jeremy's open-minded on a subject and considers information to learn more. That's exactly it. I'm open. Being open-minded is all. Is all it is. <laughs> Criminal mind. You're 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 a, you're a, you're a treat criminal mind you're a treat i'm sure oh boy okay m perk says top loaders are pretty goon protection for what they are goon protection <laughs> i love it they're goon protection well they do a good job top loaders do a good job rich says with raw with a raw vintage card cool having some rough edges or a sign of the era but if i'm to pay a premium for a graded copy i want it as close to how the card was intended Example to the index design. Yeah, fair comment. Very fair comment there. Oh, a good protection. Not goon. I like the goon protection. Emperor. He corrects himself over here. And Colin Murray says, Bobby Burrell. Rain won't alter the card, but if you soak the card in water to expand the paper to get creases or wrinkles out, the the great and get graded and over time crack it out. And now it's not an eight. IMCM. Very funny, very funny. So I think what you're saying, Colin, is that if you soak a card in water, which I cannot fathom, I would, I would lose my mind doing that. But if we're saying that you that that's how you get out wrinkles and, and creases, is you soak the card in water, who who in their right mind could do that? I'm sure people can and they know how to do it, but I'm not taking the chance. Never. Uh ink paper says this is a great day for soccer and even a better day for the soccer card industry. Pele PSA 9 card sells for over 1.3 million soccer's first million dollar plus card that's great to see and you know obviously soccer has kind of overtaken hockey in the hobby as far as just volume but hockey had its first million dollar card in December of 2020 so uh, hockey at least beat soccer there which makes me feel good by about uh, 14 months or so Latrell Spreewell says will you ever be bothered by a card in your collection just because it didn't grade what you wanted it to grade and would you keep it well, I had that happen to me with a Crosby PMG green. So before I get into that, I'm just going to take the comment off, take the screen off. And uh, yeah, so yes, that's happened to me, Luttrell, but I was happy to keep the card. If I'm going to grade a card, I'm going to grade it with the with with the position that I'm going to be or the attitude that whatever comes back is what it comes back as. So I I, I sent in my PMG Green 2012 Sydney Crosby um, from Fleer Retro, and it came back PSA Authentic. And was I disappointed? Of course. Of course I was disappointed. So I would have preferred a PSA 5, 6, or 7, maybe even a 4 to the Authentic grade. But am I? was I really, really upset? N- not really. Like, I was happy the card was slabbed. It goes with my other slabbed cards, and I'm keeping it. And I'm not planning to well maybe maybe I'll resubmit it and see if it can change but i'm I'm, I'm okay with that I'm in no rush to do that it's not going to be on my next grading submission I'll tell you that much I'm pretty I'm just happy with the card the way it is Trevor Gate says why does PSA not want to get cards and top loaders I think it's just a, a processing issue uh, but good I think with the with the um what are the, what are the ones called the semi ridges I think they can just take scissors cut them, there's so much more extra space, cut them open and take the card out without worrying about damaging anything. I think that's a, a big part to do with it. Lee says, you should do more of these lives where you just answer people's comments. Many lives do not do that. Love that you do. Thanks, Lee. And I, you know, did it last week and um, doing it this week. It's really good for me to have some great comments on the videos that I can actually refer to to, to really create the conversation. So I plan to do this more often, Lee. Thanks for the feedback. I appreciate it. I'm with you, Purple Haze. It seems insane to me too, soaking a card in water. I'll tell you what, the next card show I'm at, which will, well, we'll be at the Mint Collective in March, will be hopefully in Vancouver in April, Edmonton in April, Toronto in May, or sorry, Toronto in June, and Atlantic City in August or July. We should take a little container of water and just puts a, put a crease card in there and see what happens. Like uh, I'm talking like a base card that's not worth anything that no one cares about and see what happens. We'll test that. Purple Haze, come join me. You can join me at the next card show. We'll do it together. Marcus says, who's soaking cards in water? Losers. Please tell me. Well, are they losers? I don't know. We, let's not judge people based on doing that, but they might be, they might know what they're doing. There might be science behind it. Lee says, hockey got me in the hobby. I found three Gretzky rookies in my long-held shoebox of cards. I was a teenager in 79. Nice to find that, Lee, definitely. Marcus, any soakers? That's what we call them. People who put cards in water, we call you soakers. Latrell says, why did the Crosby grade authentic and not a number grade? Great question. I don't know because I've compared it to my other PMGs. Like the, The edges, the size, it all looks the same. I didn't see any like color added, nothing. What I've heard is that some of these cards were just cut cut differently. The sizes were different, but again, I put it up against others and I couldn't notice anything. So I don't know. I don't know. Joe Sacco, welcome back. Says, do you know if any grading company will be at the card show in Toronto? I hope to meet, I hope to meet you there too, Joe. Definitely come say hi. You'll be able to spot me much easier than I'll be able to spot you. So say hi when you uh, do see me. And um, yes, I do know that there will be, I do know that PSA will have Uh, PSA Canada will be there. Brad Hartland and PSA Canada will be there accepting submissions. Beckett will be there in some form. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure KSA grading will be there again. I'm sure MNT grading. These are the Canadian companies will be there again. So yes, there will be grading at the show. Rich says 97 watching only 24. guy. Rich, they're too busy. They're too busy interacting to hit that like button, guys. You're all excused from hitting the like button. But if you want to take a second and do it. That'd be great too. But Rich, I appreciate that. Thank you. Love what you collect. Next big show. I just went through them. But again, Mint Collective, Vegas, March 25th to 27th, which I'm booked on. Hoping to go to Vancouver, April 8th to 10th, I believe. Edmonton, April 15th to 17th. And the Expo in Toronto, June 2nd to 5th. Will you ever visit the Chantilly show? I will try. I would love to Latrell and I will take you up on that beer. Thank you very much. Purple Haze. Thanks for the feedback. Loving the format. Highlander says "Are bubble gum stains natural. Like that's one of those. That's a great question. That's one of those. That's one of those things. Like that's a stain that gets worse with age a lot of the time. Right. So I don't know to me. It comes up, you know, to me, it is natural. Like that that was part of the experience. The cards came with gum. And if that card was on the edge of the pack with the gum, I mean, I don't want that removed. I'd rather it be there and bring down the price of the card. And to me, it's a part of the history. It, it came out of the pack that way. That was intentional. So to me, natural. Ink Paper says, yes, PA say it cuts the card savers to make it easy to get out, and not damage the card. Makes sense. Bob's Big Boy says, anyone notice the lack of game used jersey, relics, and cards these days? Yes. Yes. I think everyone's noticing. That. Well, not everyone, Bob, but yes. We've learned a lot about that in with National Treasures this year. <clears throat> Hot, soak them in water. Pfft, soak them in Kool-Aid. <laughs> Old Valley says, to these people, conservation is a discipline. No, I think that's right. I think it is a discipline. High f- because it's science. High phase. I recently got a modern card back from PSA and they wouldn't grade it even though it was packed fresh. Odd. And that, you know, I, I'm hearing more and more of this happening, not just PSA, but other companies as well on the autograph front, especially where the the authenticator and grade and, and grading companies are being more careful than ever to make sure that that potential fakes or counterfeits or whatever don't get don't get by. And I, I commend them for that. You know, it means that some of us are going to get back cards that are totally natural and fine that they're not great, and because they're being over cautious. It's kind of where we're at right now. You know, every time, every time a card company is called out for, for slabbing a fake card, they have to tighten up their, their controls and their policies and their processes. And I think that's just an effect of them doing it and it sucks. And I, I experienced it with my Crosby PMG green, and maybe it's, maybe, you know, if you feel that they missed it and that it is authentic, Try again. I don't think it's them just trying to get more submissions to 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 you know get more more fees in. I think it's I think it's just them trying to protect themselves. Rich says, yeah, my PMG Pedersen is very small and rocks around in the one touch. So that could be one that was just cut short because it probably wasn't altered. Peep says authentic when it looks great is just fine by me. Hand cut issue cards, for instance, often get that grade. Well, yeah, that's one's. Hand cut cards to me are cards that were not ever available out of the pack or out of, from the manufacturer in cut condition in a pack. So like box bottoms to me are a great example. They're hand cut. And the fact that the PSA will grade them, I think is completely reasonable and I appreciate it. And I think they're awesome cards. Purple. Hey, soaking a card at a card show. Imagine the horror of the people's faces passing by. Hey, let's do it just for the reactions. <coughs> Bob's big boy says min size can trigger on an authentic grade, usually a manufacturing issue and different than altered authentic. Yes. Makes good sense. It's um, authentic might just mean that it's undersized, but that's how it was cut. And it is not altered versus an authentic card that was altered. Ink paper says I soaked in boiling water, a 55 Parker's wrestling set that was glued into a scrapbook to get them off the paper. So the backs would not get ruined they lift right off this way <clears throat> here we go uh hockey guy saw a post today of someone having their new PMG green get kicked back as min minimum size so too small to grade i'm glad mine came back authentic in the slab versus having to send it back and say just i want it slabbed anyway please ah uh, thank you joe sacco thank you very much Is Toronto the 31 Canada show? No, it's the the Sport Card Expo, which, by the way, I'm going to throw that up right now. Here it is, guys, on the ticker. There's two Expos in Canada this year. Steve Menzi, who owns the Expo, has expanded out to Edmonton, and it will be in Edmonton April 15th to 17th, and then the Spring Show in Toronto again, as always, June 2nd to 5th. It's usually in May, but with issues, he had to push that back to June 2nd to 5th, which I think will be a great time for a card show. So that is the Sport Card Expo. I'm not familiar with the 31 Canada show. Lee Haskins says, question, should I cross-grade a KSA 3 Bobby Orta PSA? Yes, yes, you should. That is my advice. Oh, the number one show. Uh, Yes, it is. The Toronto Expo is this number two show in the world, really. It's the second biggest show behind the the national. So it's, it's number one in Canada for sure, number two in the world, I would say. Adam Lind, every time I have to put a card... In a card saver, I have that panic attack. I think PSA should be able to remove a card from a top loader. Fair, but they, but again, this is their policy. They know what takes time and how they want to do it. And so, you know, buyer beware. If you want to send them in, to them in top loaders, which I have done many times, and I don't think it's caused me any, any issues, um, go ahead and do it. <clears throat> Colin says, PSA doesn't want penny sleeves either, an extra layer of trouble handling the card and time. This is time we're talking about as well. It seems like minute time, but they've got, their backlog is down to just over 6 million cards. That's, and that's from PSA themselves. I heard that yesterday on a podcast. They are down from PSA. They're down to just over 6 million cards. 6 million cards times half a second is 3 million seconds. Do the math. How many man hours is that? I'm not sure, but it's a lot. Uh, Sumo says, Is the Mint Collective a show or a conference? It's both. It's a conference and a card show as well. Troy says, I have some Dallas Cowboys cards you can water soak at your card show. <laughs> Sounds good. FD, welcome to the show. Whose show, again, everybody, I will be on with FD tomorrow after the show. Check it out. That's the YouTube guys right there. YouTube.com slash rolling with FD. And by the way, FD, as I learned, you don't need the C anymore. Uh, YouTube.com slash rolling with FD, guys. Check it out. Give him a subscribe. Check out his channel. I will be on with him tomorrow for his uh, post-Super Bowl party. And FD, great to have you. Justin Vix says, I heard today some people build sets entirely of cards with gum stains. I've never heard that, but I love it. Mark says, gum stains are natural. Yes, I believe it. We got Irving Manera in the house. What is going on? My guy, one of the original breakers in the hobby. From the beginning of time. And one of my favorites. Good to see you. Irving, will you be? No, you said you're not coming to mint collective because you are busy in your new shop. We'll miss you. We'll miss you, buddy. Rubber side, what cards are behind you on the shelf? Those on my slab shelf are Gretzky inserts. Those are all Gretzky inserts. That is the DJ Ski Honus Wagner. That is uh my Josh Allen game used, um, game used uh shoulder patch. What's up, Irving? Luttrell says, I may be in the minority, but I think an authentic slab looks great without a number because it's your PC anyway. Who cares if it gets a number? Yeah, right. Until it comes time to sell, which everyone eventually is going to dispose of their cards, even if it's just a deemed disposition on, on upon death. But it's, eventually everyone's going to dispose of their cards. Soak some of them in early 90s yellow baseball cards. Good one. Toa, great to see you, pal. Great to see you, says, thank you for that. Have you seen Flip and Steve had a video about a PSA min grade eight that got sent back, then resubbed and got a 10? I haven't seen it, the video yet. I'm going to watch it, though. Yeah, again, that's what happens when we have humans grading cards, which we do, which is probably a good thing. But it's not going to be 100% consistent, and we just have to accept it or don't accept it and stop grading cards and buying graded cards. Or complain about it and and annoy people who have to hear you complain. That's another option too. Peep said, would rather an A than a miscut on the flip. Same here. Definitely. Bobby Burrell says, the gum was dusted with baking powder. So most gum stains would come well after the fact. Interesting. See, again, learning. We're learning as we go because we are all, uh, we all only know what we know. That's why it's good to have discussion. Jake says, what does PSA do with all the card savers recycled to make new ones? That's actually a, a, a more important comment than I think most of us would think on the surface. The answer is probably throw them out or re- and hopefully the answer is recycle because I believe our hobby creates a more waste than many industries do. And uh, with the excessive packaging on the high-end products um, <clears throat> and all the supplies, I mean, I throw out card savers and one touches all the time. You buy a collection, you don't want them in all those gross holders. You get them and even today, I bought nine cards at the card show. Every one of them got a new holder because I don't want someone else's gross old scratched up, taped up top loaders and one touches. I want my cards to be presentable. Marcus says soaking in boiling water. You guys are jokers hockey guy. There's an idea for upper deck gum stain back parallel. You probably just gave them an idea that will come out eventually hockey guy. So, uh, you know, You might want to claim royalties right now. Bob says, I'm turning my booth at the National into a jacuzzi bubble bath where people can toss their dirty vintage into the suds for a nominal fee. I love it, Bob. That's great. Look forward to meeting you at the National. Five to ten seconds per card times six million cards equals a lot of time. No doubt. No doubt. Manera Irving says there's a big car show in LA in August. Is there? Good, 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 good to hear. Inglorious Pizza, six million cards in backlog at a rate of two hundred thousand per week. We are still thirty weeks left of backlog. True, but they also were at a the height of their backlog was almost thirteen million. So they've they've uh, they've got that down by half already. So I mean that's something. And they are still finding ways to take in new submissions, which I know annoys a lot of people who are in the backlog. But I guess they feel it's what they need to do. Holly says, what are your thoughts on KSA grading? I sometimes see some rare cards in their holders. Are the grades accurate? I mean, my thoughts are that what I what I see the hobby, uh, I see the hobby kind of um, assessing or, or evaluating cards in not just KSA, but really any, any slab that isn't PSA, BGS, SGC, or CSG, anything that I didn't just say to me, I do not put a premium on the fact that it's in a slab. Um, i don't put a premium at all to me they're they're i i'm they're like in raw condition although you know if if you are looking to buy say you see a wayne gretzky rookie in a ksa 9 you're probably if if that card if you can assess it yourself and say that that card is likely in mint condition and might get a psa 9 or an 8.5 or an 8 you're probably going to be able to buy that at a very at, at a good discount to what it would be worth in one of the Top tier grading company slab, so there might be there might be opportunities there. I'm not saying to ignore them altogether. I'm just saying that I'm not submitting my PC cards or my resale cards to anybody but the big four. Inglory says we will have cards with PSA for a year and a half. We'll have cards with P- if that's what it works out to, then that's what it works out to. Yes, Marcus says the FD stream tomorrow is going to be fire. Yes. Come join it. I mean, I've caught bits and pieces of FD's uh, uh, content over the past few uh, months, and I'm looking forward to getting a feel for for being on his show and uh, hanging out with everybody else as well. Come check that out, guys. I'll put it on the ticker again. There's the there's where I will be. YouTube.com/slash Roland with FD tomorrow night, 9:30 Eastern. I will be on with on with FD for about half an hour. M. Perk says, I would prefer a seven with a gum stain on the back than a seven that is horribly centered on the front. Me too, M. Perk. I'm with you, 100%. Troy says, just subbed with FD. See you tomorrow after the Bengals' first Super Bowl win. All right, Troy, see you tomorrow, and thanks for subbing to FD's channel. Yes, ink, paper, crack that, Crosby, and resub. Eventually, eventually I can see myself uh, giving it a shot. <clears throat> Bob's big boy says consider grading fees for min grade and crossover attempts as a donation. There you go. I'm not, I I don't think PSA does not need our donations. I'm sure they are doing just fine. Both top and bottom lines. Mark says, I agree about that number. It's your card, your card raw. I agree that number. It's your card raw is better. It's your card raw is better for sure. Peep says no joke. I collect gum cards. But the gum has to be stuck to them. I I do too, peeps. I've got three or four in my collection with the gum still stuck to them. I swear I do. I swear I do. I'll show them off sometime. FD says, Burbank Sports Cards is having a big show in August in LA. Oh, very cool. Very cool. You bet, Marcus. Glad you're here. Irving says, you were not aware. There you go. Check it out. You should be there. I'm going to try and get down for that too. It's unlikely. I got a wedding in August out of town as well. So it might be tough. Upper Deck never had gum. That is correct, Mark. tops did. Oh, Peachy did. That's right. <clears throat> Do you have cards at PSA currently? If so, I don't. I don't, M-Perk. I have no cards at PSA. I was saving up. I've got a box of cards ready to go that I was waiting till the National in 2020 to take. That got canceled. Then I was waiting for the National in 2021. Prices were too high for me. I still have the box ready to go. I'm patient. I'm in no rush to get them graded. Eventually, I will. Lapper, welcome to the show. What is going on? Glad you're here. You can always go back and watch later. Yeah, these episodes are long, guys. I recognize it. You can always go back watch them at 1.5 on YouTube, or on or listen on the podcast in 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 fast forward or in 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 accelerated mode. That's what I do with a lot of other people's content. And also, if you haven't noticed on the channel, we are now po- posting short videos. We tried the clips channel. It didn't take fast enough or whatever. So we're just putting them on the main channel now and um, basically a video every day from highlights from, from recent previous episodes. So more consumable for everybody. And just so you just for full transparency, I am not doing that work. Someone else is doing that work for sports cards live on my behalf. And thank you to them for doing it. So it is not me. I'm not picking them or anything that's all been outsourced. So there are no supply chain issues when it comes to short clip videos on the sports live Live YouTube channel. We are, we found a way around the supply chain issues. Marcus says, I would like if everybody did what I think, of course we all would call on my buddy, cracked a KSA 8.5 and got a PSA nine. So that's a great, a uh, great result. I've done it several times. I've cracked PSAs to, to our KSAs to PSA. And I've had things go from like nines to sevens, fives to threes are the ones that I recall. And I've also had one go from a KSA 8.5 to altered. KSA 8.5 came back altered by PSA. That was a, that was a kick in the groin. I tell you. Crack card says KSA is the short bus of the hobby. Well, I'm just putting them in that second tier of grading companies, along with all the other ones that are not PSA, BGS, CSG and SGC. Adam Lynn says, with all the graded cards hitting the market, how do you think that will skew the market? Grading was a way to create scarcity, but if people submit from the pack, it's an abundance of eight, nines and tens. Well, Yes, Adam, but let's keep it in context. That really is is exclusive to modern and ultra-modern cards, right? Out of the pack to the grading companies now. That's that's a newer phenomenon. So on the vintage side of things, really doesn't have much of an effect. Although there are obviously going to be vintage cards in that 6 million card backlog. Overall, we are going to see more and more slabs hit the market. And that is going to increase supply. Supply demand is is this right? They were, they work in concert with each other. It's, it's a law. It's not, it's not, oh, didn't mean to do that. It's a law that is really inarguable. And, um, so yeah, it's cards that are, you know, the, the commodity cards that were graded by, you know, in bulk over the past couple of years that have not been uh, released to the, into the wild yet are going to have an effect on the, on the, on the, on those prices. There's just no way around that. The only way around it is if somehow we have another influx of new participants who want to consume those cards. But I'm going to err on the side of caution and say that we are going to see prices come down on a lot of the commodity cards that are, you know, just plentiful in the backlog. Joe Perot says FD is super cool. Well, there's a reference that I'm going to accept. Purple Haze. Purple Haze corroborates Joe's comment. FD is good people. FD thanks them and says, I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Cards printed on the gum. Well, there's an interesting uh, variation. Toa says, I have packs of cards I opened as a kid with the cards put back in the wrapper. I forget about them and go back and and reopen to rediscover them. That's that's pretty fun for sure. Highlanders, I'm going to start collecting only tobacco stain sets. There you go. Peeps, love the clips. Lo, sorry, love the clips on the sports cars live channel. It's nice and handy. I'm glad you do, peeps. I like hearing that feedback. We'll keep it up then. And perk, I like the daily clips on this channel, especially when somebody says something profound on a three-hour stream that I missed. There you go. You don't have to watch the whole three hours, but I like. To, I like to think every second of these streams are provide uh, interesting and valuable content. But I know I'm probably not doing that. Jake's Toe says, you ever crack an old GAI looking at a card that is in a -A GAI holder and will crack it to send to PSA? I probably have over the years. Jake, probably have, but I can't remember specifically. Peeps looking forward to FD's show tomorrow. And Rock Lake Tech says, this LA show is on August 26th to 28th in Burbank, California at the Marriott Convention Center right by the Hollywood Burbank Airport. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Costa, good to see you, pal. Thanks on the nice pickups. I saw Jim at the show today, but I don't think I saw you there this morning. But Costa opened up a new uh, card shop in Calgary probably a few months ago now. And hope it is doing well, Costa. I came on opening day to see you. So wish you all the best with your business venture. All right. Hey, we're at the bottom of the comments. Now, were there any more from the episodes that I wanted to bring up? Here, let's bring up this one. This is the last one. And this comment came from the episode of After Hours number 62 with Joe Perot, who is in the chat right now. Joe, good to see you, as always, my friend. But this comment came from Darren Wong. And this is kind of uh, covered a lot of different things here. No, sorry, not Darren Wong. That was the last comment. This comment comes from Colin, no last name. Let's see. Pays me a compliment. At first says, I love these shorts. Jeremy, well done. Thank you, Colin. Allows me to enjoy snippets from the big show. Goes on to say, it will be fascinating to see how the hobby evolves. I suspect fanatics will bring new customers into the hobby, which is great. Well, that's good for this whole, you know, slab gates, tsunami of slabs that's about to happen, I should say. He goes on to say lots of competition amongst middlemen like eBay and auction houses is great. Says, I agree that eBay fees are more than generous. I made the comment that I don't find eBay fees to to be punitive at all. I think eBay fees are fair. Say what you will, but I don't have an issue with them. Um, He goes on to say one only needs to compare eBay fees to those paying the, the massive fees through Heritage, for example. I don't think he's picking on Heritage. He's basically picking on the 20% buyers and sellers premiums that are added by all the all the uh, auction houses. Uh, anyway, he says, only need to compare that to the, to the fees through auction houses or the pain of doing Facebook deals. We are fortunate as collectors there is such a liquid market, and I think it will get better. Hopefully, time and education will make it more challenging for the scammers, but who knows? So kind of covered a few things there. I thought it was a, a nice comment. Um, a good outlook. Um, so we'll see if you guys have anything to any feedback on that comment at all. If not, that is totally fine. Oh, you just got eye surgery. Hope you recover quickly. Uh, there Costa. No wonder I didn't see it at the show today. Darren, which card are you rooting? For? Which card are you rooting for tomorrow? Your burrow or your Stafford? 300 yards and three TDs for each sounds. All right. That's a great question. Which one am I rooting for? I'll be honest with you so Darren, if you just got here late, Darren is referring to these two cards that I bought today, rookie cards of both Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow went against my rule of buying cards at the height of their hype, but I did it for five reasons, which you can find earlier on, on this episode or on my Instagram page. I will, here's, here's my answer. And I don't know, which is, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but here's my answer without giving you an answer whichever is better for the hobby cuz i care about the hobby more than the, more than i care about the sport of, of the the NFL i care about the hobby more than i care about the NFL so i'll put it out to you guys i'm going to guess that joe burrow will be better for the hobby to have him win the game tomorrow if that's the case then i'm hoping for joe burrow but i do like i do like the matt stafford story you know had to get to a, into a he had to get into a position where he was He had a team around him that he could win with and then lead them there. So I'd like to see him win. I'll be happy for both teams. I'll be happy for both guys, but whichever one is better for the hobby. That's where my vote will go. Colin says eBay is cheap. There's no bigger platform, right? I mean, you're getting millions of eyeballs on eBay or however many your listing generates, but it's probably more than any card show, any other platform out there including Instagram and Twitter and, you know, the big ones, YouTube and all that, but uh, no bigger platform. Like it's right there. You know, if you want to, if you want to sell, if you want to open up a cart, I kind of look at it compared to like rent. If you're paying rent to have a, to have an LCS, you know, you're paying, you're paying a few thousand bucks a month, probably just, just for your rent. I mean, those, those are fees you're paying to do business. eBay is providing with a platform. It's like, I think, I think some people in the hobby, those, you know, think it should be free. Obviously not everybody, but some people have this sense of entitlement that eBay should just, you know, businesses should offer their services for next to nothing, but they won't have businesses if they do that. So they have to find that that right uh, balance. Marcus says, the sport that realizes that media and media exposure is the right way now is the sport that makes the way, period. Yeah, I I agree with that comment. I think that's one of the reasons why hockey is behind because the NHL is not very good at marketing. Justin Vick, I think eBay fees are reasonable given the global audience. Adam Lind, regarding eBay fees, you get a massive audience and can sell the cards with your own marketing and description. Mark says Fanatics will bring a younger audience. Bobby says they did put players on gum back in the 60s. I wonder how they tasted. Uh, card Collector says, how are the monthly shows in Calgary? Have been able to, they're all right. They're all right. Criminal Mind says, Jeremy just said eBay fees are fair, 13%, LOL. Jeremy just proves my point. Never tells it like it is. You're just an idiot. Muted. Keep both. They are great. I'm going to keep both, Marcus. I'm going to keep both for sure, for sure. The Stafford, is this from 2009? If that's his rookie year, then it is. It is 09. It is the tops Finest. It has the rookie card logo. And uh it's look at this card I mean it's a refractor this is the nicest refractor effect I think I've ever seen on a refractor like I just can't get enough of looking at this card it's like it's like the surface is like liquidy it's it's just beautiful this is a nice card too the pink prism i really like the the shininess of these cards together really happy with them Troy says Stafford card has better eye appeal versus bro agree But I take them both, both nice. Love your eye. Thank you, Troy. Had fun making it. Darren says I don't have your cards, but do have rooting interests on both sides. Should be a good one. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You know, I'm looking forward to the game because I'm looking forward to rolling with FD's Super Bowl party afterwards. I'm looking forward to talking about, I'm looking forward to watching Joe Burrow and Matt Stafford play in the teams. I'm looking forward to seeing a good game of football for sure. Philly Joe says eBay is great. I have no problem. And Perk, I just think that for the service eBay provides, five to seven would make a lot more sense than 13 to 15. I mean, fair enough to, to throw an, alt, an alternative rate out there that is obviously lower because you want to pay less. But what is it? When you say for the service that eBay provides, you think it would make a lot more sense. Why? Like, why? how do you land at five to seven? It would be my question. I'm not arguing with you at all. I mean, I would way rather pay five to 7%. But is that gonna be enough for them to pay their monthly nut to keep the business rolling? I don't know. Marcus, if any sport gets social media right, they win. so so simple, please call me. Jake's toe. Jeremy just told it like uh, I, I hope so. if, if you don't if, listen if you don't like my takes, if you don't if you if if anybody watching doesn't like listening to me, please don't watch you, no no one's forcing you to click in here. Obviously, but uh, for those of you who, who uh, you know, like to engage and um, find value in this, then please don't stop watching. I I enjoy it as much. Kosa says, Burrows and Chase cards will go up. Mac Attack, we're not going to even address that. Adam Lin says, I collect vintage WWF cards. Sometimes I buy them on other platforms and sell on eBay just so I can describe them and tell the next person why the card is significant. Educating people. I like it, Adam. I like it. Colin says some items are five to seven percent. It's thirteen percent for the first twenty five hundred, then two percent after that. Good point. Good point. It's a bit of a staggered uh, staggered fee model. Joe says it could be a big moment for Odell Beckham Jr. So there could be several players whose cards are affected. And I always wonder, Which is going to have an effect on the overall hobby? I feel like it's Joe Burrow. Well, Joe Burrow winning will be better for the hobby overall. Again, I'm not an NFL pro. I'm not, I don't follow the markets of Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford. Although I did see with Tim, with Tim Getch on the show last week, what Joe, we've, we, we, we looked at, we saw a snapshot of the market, but I don't follow it very much. Card collector, lots of kippers still, lots of kippers still for you. Reach out on, reach out on IG. Marcus says, whoever wins tomorrow, it's going to be great. One of the best Super Bowls is the 56. I'm excited to watch it. Craig Booge says, sell on my slabs. If you do not like the eBay fees, smaller audience, lower selling price. There you go. There's the way to, there's a great, great comment, Craig. And I put it to people who, who don't think that eBay's, who thinks that eBay's fees are out of line. So do an experiment. Take, take three cards, Avid, take take three cards here and the same three cards here, sell three on eBay, sell three on MySlabs, and see where you get more money netted after fees. Nothing against MySlabs. I mean, do that and then go with the one that makes the most sense for you. Nothing. I have nothing bad to say about that. You do what works for you. Highlander says, I don't care how long it takes PSA to get my cards out safely and securely. That's what I'm paying for. Card savers give me Freddy Krueger type dreams. Yeah, I'm not a. I don't like card savers very much either. They they're too flimsy, right? I mean, so easy to bend a card. I don't. I like I like top loaders. I just like the rigidity of the top loader. And then also, I'll just say as well, I'm like I'm like you with this Highlanders. Whereas when I submit cards for grading, I want them back as soon as I can get them. But I'm willing to be patient. I'll wait the year because I'm I'm the cards I'm sending for grading. I'm not looking to flip. They're staying in my PC. I I I hope they're safe. I, I feel like I hope or I know I'm going to get them back, so I'm, I'm willing to be patient. I like that. Yeah, it's different teams in the Super Bowl, which is nice to see. Jeremy S says, is everyone getting ready for the new season of F1 on Netflix? Oh, I can't wait for that. Perfect timing for F1 and the hobby. Then the season starts. Yeah, F1's probably going to blow up. and I'm going to enjoy it, mostly as a fan, picking up the odd card here and there. Costa says, "I I don't care who wins. Glad it's not Mahomes. Fair enough." Purple Hayes says, "Whoever wins tomorrow, it won't be it won't be the Major League Baseball." Joe Perot definitely rooting for Burrow. Not sure they can get her done, but even if Burrow has a solid game, the hobby will benefit. I think so. I think so. With on my very, very uh, you know undeveloped sort of insight into it. Marcus says, Stafford would be a great story, but Joey B is so true. Oh, they are going to be people crying tomorrow one way or another. Mark says, I like Super Bowl Raiders and Vikings. And Jake's toe, 13% on a $100 card ain't much. 13% on $100,000 is a bit excessive. And, and it's not, as was told by Colin Murray before, it's not 13% on a $100,000 card. The The rate comes down as you pass. I think it actually maxes out at some point too, I believe. All right, good stuff. So we've got through the comments that I wanted to address. We've got through the comments in the chat. We have over 100 people in here, and it is 1.45 on the East Coast on, in the morning. Darren says, good experience with my slabs. Bought a Wander Franco. Easy back and forth negotiating. Came within a week of purchase. I'll go back again. Nice that they only sell slabs. That's good to know. Colin says the eBay fee maxes at 5,000, which is 5% on 100,000, not 13 so five percent falls right into the five to seven percent that Colin, uh, not Colin, that, sorry Colin that uh, M Perk shouted out earlier. So there you go. It is five percent for all intents and purposes when you get past a certain point and a certain point. And Highlander says, I agree, gum or tobacco stain was a part of the process, so it's natural. I'm nostalgic for the gum too. I love the taste of that gum, so do I. I wish some would someone would make it and I would buy it. Me too. Me too. M-Perk predicts Rams 31, Bengals 20. Rams 30. And by the way, speaking of gum, what do you guys think of this? This is gum from 1979. This is from those threes company packs that I, I opened a few of them on the show last week. I opened the rest of them a few days ago and I kept all the gum. I'm not eating it. Not all at once anyway, that's for sure. Maybe one at a time. But this gum is 43 years old. That is older than about 50% of the people watching right now. I just have to think to the analytics or the, the demographics of the viewers of this show. Um, this is 43-year-old gum. And if I can keep it intact, even though I'm touching it, so you, I might make it, uh, make it available at a card show coming soon. You've never sold one that high. Me neither, Jake. Me neither. Card collector says, "How do you think the expo in Edmonton will be?" I think it's gonna be awesome, man. If you're a man, oh, you are a man. Your card collector, 1998. Yes, I think it's gonna be. I'm gonna be there for sure. I'm gonna be there setting up and everything. I can't wait. It'll be. It'll. Edmonton shows are always good. The Edmonton market is the second best card market in the country to to uh, Toronto, and that says a lot for me to say that because I live in Calgary, and you know we're rivals with Edmonton. So, but I give them credit. The Edmonton market is is great. I know a lot of people from the east are already planning to come out. It's going to be it's going to be an expo. It's going to be unlike anything we've seen. I think uh, at at Edmonton before. Toa just sold a CSG Joel Embiid rookie on My Slabs. Couldn't recommend their site more. There you go. Shoutouts for My Slabs. Lapper says people ripping on eBay. eBay's problem could be reiterating that the val- their value add, but it should be easily understood. I have 3.5 million impressions on my cards equals more sales. Someone got an alternative. Fair comment. Toa sent the gum to PSA. Put the gum up on eBay. <laughs> I should put it on eBay. I bet it would sell. Bob's Big Boy says, Stafford's story is not a great story. Rams were in the Super Bowl in 2018. Cup is out with a torn ACL. No Jalen Ramsey on the team. Burrow is more integral to team success for his team. See, thanks for setting me straight. I'm not a pro. I do not know much about these guys. I just know that it seemed like Stafford, I mean, he was hot when he was a rookie. He's been around. He's just doesn't seem to have ever had success. So I don't know if that's based on him or the team. Vintage gum mystery packs. Put a piece in there. I should, Jake. I should. You're looking up the threes company cards now. Well, here's my, my, the set. I kept the, I kept the, the card that shows what the puzzle looks like. I think I came one card away in those packs to the complete set missing card number 25, but, uh, Got all but card number 25 here. Fun stuff. If you eat that gum, it'll cost 100K medical bills. I ate two pieces last week. It And it, you're right. When you say it looks brown, not pink, you're, you're not wrong. It is no longer pink. It's like, it's almost a flesh tone now. Look at that. It looks the same color as my skin. It's called flesh tone. You should inhale that gum with your big nose. That's your best comment of the day, criminal mind. And bang on. Very factual. Very factual. Troy says, great show with Nick and great after hours. Have a great night. Thank you, Troy. Good to see you as always. Purple Haze, if you soak that gum in water, it will restore it. Maybe we'll try that. <laughs> MJ Flipper says, don't let scammers get a hold of the gum. I It will destroy it. Fair, fair. Colin says, it would sell... It would sell, everything sells on eBay. Too good, too good. Joey B is LA. Joe Burrow is not LA. He's Cincinnati, I'm pretty sure. I got number 25 on eBay for a sale. Buy now $100,000. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> All right, guys. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Even you, criminal minds. Even you. Maybe you will learn something here one of these days. Everybody else. Thank you so much for joining. I will address the final comments as I'm talking through this. Check out Roland with FD tomorrow night, guys. Super Bowl party. I'll be on with him at 9.30 Eastern. No collectible live tomorrow due to Super Bowl. Next week on Sports Cards Live is the PWCC Premier auction ending. Extended bidding watch party with Adam Gray and... Possibly, I believe, Jesse Bro Craig from PWCC will be joining us as well. So that will be fun as it always is. I don't know. That's about all I got for tonight. It's about all I got for tonight. Latrell Sprewell says, criminal mind is a troll. Great show, Jeremy. Troll means you've made it big time. Thank you, Latrell. I appreciate that. Darren says, most people chew gum. Jeremy eats it. Yes, he ate it that week. I did eat it. There was no chewing to be done. It disintegrates in your mouth. Thank you, Purple Haze. Thank you, Costa. Same to you. Good night, Philly Joe. Jake's Toe, always great to have you. Jeremy S., thank you. Adam Lynn, thank you. Albert Jones, thank you for your time and spending it with us tonight. All Valley, good to see you. Tony Sin, I appreciate that. Solid show. I will take it. Purple Haze, we'll see you on FD's channel tomorrow. Darren Hogan, good to see you. Thanks again. Willie T., that gum looks trimmed. Good comment. Good comment. Comment of the night, right there, everybody. That gum looks trimmed. Bob's big boy, super trout, pay 10K to get a tops, a trout update grade with PSA. Wow. Barry Ma, good to see you from ComC. Autograph the gum sticks and give them away. That's not a bad idea because everybody wants my autograph on a piece of gum. Marcus says, take a chill pill tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to. I got the, a day off of, con- well, almost a day off of content if it wasn't for FD. Purple Haze, thank you. Glad you like it. Buzzy, thank you. Mark thank you. FD, thank you. Lapper, thank you. Hockey guy, thank you. Go Stafford. Good night, Alf. Cheers to you, M Perk. Jeff Eklund, good to see you and good night. And with that, this was fun, everybody. We'll be doing it again. Have a great night. Enjoy Super Bowl tomorrow. See you on FD's channel and have a great week ahead. This episode is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old.